At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome into Long Shots, the world's number one rated golf betting show here on VEASAN and VEASAN.com, the sports betting network. I'm Brady Cannon, along with Wes Reynolds, live from the South Point Hotel Casino and Spa. And Wes Stewart Sink wins for the second time this season, going nearly wire to wire at the RBC Heritage to win at Harbortown for the third time in his career, having won here in 2000, 2004, and now, of course, 2021. He went low early, and Wes, he really coasted the rest of the way over the weekend. Yeah, Stuart Sink last won this event when we all had landlines, when this was sponsored <laughs> by MCI, the telecommunications company, now Royal, Royal Bank of Canada, the RBC Heritage. And actually, Sink has now won two times this PGA Tour season. Of course, there's a wraparound. That starts in the fall. He won at the Safeway Open. Only he and Bryson DeChambeau are multiple-time winners here so far in the 2020-2021 season. Fourth player in PGA Tour history to win multiple events in a season at 47 years of age or older. Only Sam Snead, Julius Boros, and Kenny Perry had ever done that. Just great ball striking all week long, very pretty much. He actually almost led wire to wire. It was kind of a bad beat if you had him for first-round leader when Cameron Smith chips in on 17, then makes birdie, hits a dart on 18 to finish 9-under. But this was his tournament, and it's like, okay, he's got to fade. He's got to fade, right? Well, not necessarily. He wasn't really gaining on the greens, but nobody was able to challenge him, and now he's back in the top 50 in the world, first time in over a decade. 
Our friend and frequent long shots guest Dave Tyndall from over in the UK, he landed on Stuart Sink at 125 to 1 and did a great job researching early in Sink's career. His first five wins on tour all came the very next week after a major championship. And of course, that happened again as Stuart Sink took 12th at the Masters just the week prior to winning at Harbortown. And Wes, not only was it some great digging for Dave to come up with that, but it also goes against the theory of someone that plays well at the Masters usually falls off a little bit and does not win at Harbortown. Right. I wish I would have went back to him. Now I'm having lack of buyer's remorse here because I did bet him for a top 20 at the Masters. That's what basically broke me even on the Masters as he cashed it at 8-1 to one and finished 12th and gets a return appearance to Augusta National. He may be in all the rest of the majors, too, if he can stick in this top 50. Absolutely. You nailed uh, John Catlin on the European Tour this past week. That was an awful nice hit at 50-1. to one. It was and a sweat in five playoff holes, too, <laughs> sure and they played was. that 18th hole, that par 3 over and over again, Max Kiefer, the other participant in that playoff, the German, was right there with him, made a bomb of a putt, and then Catlin had to make a 12-footer just to advance to the next playoff hole. Kiefer hits it in the water on the fifth uh, try through 18 and then hit another one onto the green that rolled in the water for good measure, so then Catlin was able to get there. So nice to get that on the board. Austrian Open winner. He is an American from Sacramento, now top 80 in the official world golf rankings. Yeah, so that was nice, and of course that appeared in our digital publication Point Spread Weekly and not a total loss at all for the RBC Heritage didn't get an outright winner, but won my head-to-head matchup. Adam Long over Aaron Wise had a top five finisher. I had two top ten finishers and three top 20 finishers at Harbortown, so I had it surrounded for sure. But uh, overall, a very good week for the Long Shots crew. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully we continue with that with the Zurich Classic of New Orleans, this team event. We'll get you more information on the format of that and also Three weeks in the Canary Islands, just off the coast of Spain. Start this week on the European Tour with the Grand Canaria Lopezon Open. Yeah, and we will see if we can go back to the well with another outright winner there. We'll have a preview of the uh, of the uh, Lopezon Open uh, in, uh, what is it, the island of Canaria? It's or the Grand Canary, Canary Islands. It is the Canary Islands because they're doing that this week and then two weeks in, I'm going to butcher this pronunciation, Tenerife, where they're going to have these back-to-backs because they had a couple of tournaments canceled due to COVID-19, Portugal Masters, and then the Open de France at Le Golf National just outside of Paris, not going to go this week. So we get these three tournaments in the Canary Islands. That Portugal Masters is usually a pretty good one. Yes. It's kind of a shame to see that one go by the wayside. So yeah, it is uh, the Zurich Classic, the week of the Zurich Classic, a different format on tour, of course. We go to a team event. It wasn't that long ago, of course, that we saw the match play, the uh, match play event, the WGC at Austin Country Club. Now we get a, a little bit of spice of variety here for a team event where two team players will go. And again, this used to be a single player event uh, at the Zurich Classic, but that is not the case. We will preview that coming up right here on Long Shots. It is the number one rated golf betting show on VEASAN and VEASAN.com, the sports betting network. And we usually like to have a, lo- a local flavor. We like to bring Bring in somebody that is near and dear to the course that they're playing on the tour that week. And uh, so that was the case this week. It was real simple. We went right here in the building to one of our colleagues, a uh, graduate of LSU and a 
uh, native of the Louis state of Louisiana. He is Matt Brown. He's a co-host on Primetime Action and uh, awful, awful savvy golf better has been for quite a long time. And Matt, great to have you here on the program. And uh, I know you're familiar with this area and this golf course. And of course, this is the fourth time now that they've played this team format, which is a little bit new, of course, but it's a very difficult handicap, you know, trying to handicap two guys versus two guys rather than one guy uh, versus the field. But uh, as far as this layout here, TPC Louisiana in Avondale, another Pete Dye design like we saw last week at Harbor Town. What can you tell us about this golf course to lay out and what skill sets it might favor this week? Yeah, I've been heading down there since this thing was the compact classic back in the day. Compact, <laughs> the not even a company. Classic, yeah. yes. Compact, not even a company anymore, I don't think. But uh, yeah, heading down there for that. And the, the handicap back then used to be like, which players did we see out on Bourbon Street the night before? Yeah. And don't bet those guys, you know. But, uh, you know, looking at looking at this now, yeah, like you said, you know, a die course here. Lots of courses are, are par 71s or par 70s. This one is a full 72, the 7,400 yards, Bermuda Greens. Cypress and oak trees all over this course. So it's one of those, you know, listen, it's not going to be incredibly penal, but it can definitely be penal on you. There are 100 different bunkers, five different ponds, so there's going to be water playing all over the place as well here. And, you know, with that extra par five, I don't really think that that necessarily means that this course is, is all that is all that gettable um, from a super low scoring standpoint because these par fives just don't give up eagles, right? They give up a ton of birdies, but they just don't give up eagles. So um, wasn't really anything that I was weighing into this a lot. I was looking at, at, at birdie makers, but not necessarily these guys with these with their par five scoring because you look at like number if you look at these these holes. I mean, collectively, we're talking in the one percent range of, of when they give up eagles here. So I mean, it's going to be very very few and far between for these guys. But they do give up birdies a ton. So I was looking for for birdie makers, and, and those are the guys that I'm really kind of getting after. I mean, two, seven, eleven, and eighteen are the are, are the fives, you know, and, and giving up birdies 37% of the time on two, 45% of the time on seven, 33% of the time on eleven, and and 32% of the time on eighteen. So um, those are the ones I'm really, really looking for here in that in that format. Matt, I know you do modeling on mm -hmm. a week-to-week -week basis. We've had this conversations yeah. on primetime action right here on VEASAN, previewing various PGA Tour events throughout the season. But when you have a team event, now yeah. when you have four ball on the first round and the third round, which is the better ball format, and then they go to foursomes in rounds two and four, alternate shot, and you got these random teams kind of together. <laughs> right. How do you model really with this? It, I mean, what can you really look at? Yeah, it was tough. So I took what I thought to be the categories that I really wanted to look at with these guys, and I basically just kind of hodgepodge the stuff together, right? And so I would look at the guys who are really good at approach, and then if their teammate maybe wasn't, but then he was really good off the tee, or if he was really good in a different part of the mm -hmm. game, that's kind of how I went about it, right? And just tried to like mesh skill sets together as much as humanly possible, because as I'm sure we'll we'll talk about a little bit later, I mean the the real key to this tournament is the alternate shot part of it, and, and not so much the best ball part of it. I mean the the teams that have won the last three times that this tournament have been played. 
they have been the number one scoring team in the alternate in, in the alternate shot part of right. this tournament. Right. You know, and, and so guys that I think complemented each other a little bit better, but not necessarily strict so much on you know, oh well, this guy ranked high, so mm-hmm. I'm gonna you know look more into him. It was more like looking at the individual categories where they ranked compared to the rest of the golfers into the field. And then trying to mesh those teams together. It was not easy. It's not easy. I don't think I don't know if I have a, a good process here with all this, but I thought it was the best way to go about it. Yeah, I kind of did the same thing. Mm-hmm. I'm with you there. Kind of looked at both teams and kind of created one body out mm-hmm. of what they do as far as their skill sets individually. But can you make a case for the favorites this week, Matt? Uh, these these two teams, John Rahm and Ryan Palmer, and then the other favorite, the short shot on the board, Patrick Cantley and Xander Shoffley. If you look at their skill sets, everything that you're looking at in a model, they kind of do everything across the board well. Not mm-hmm. necessarily complimentary. I mean, obviously, these are some of the top players in the world. So, do you think they have a distinct advantage over the rest of the field where, like you say, maybe one guy's good here, not so good there? These guys, you know, they're, they're really across the board good. Yeah, I kind of fa- I, I, I'll admit I don't have any of the short shots on my card, and, and I kind of faded these guys. I mean, you know, we, we talk about the different formats here. The best ball, of course, is everybody's, each, each guy's playing their, their own ball and then they take the lower score there and then the alternate shot whereas you know it's self-explanatory they alternate shots throughout the course of the round and so with that I mean you look at a guy like Cantlay I mean he's he's his recent form is pretty terrible right. like I mean he's he's absolutely got awful here of late and then you kind of look at some of these other guys I mean uh, we'll, we'll talk about fades as well but I mean I think that most of my fades are actually coming from this short shot group for a couple different reasons, if whether it's recent form or whether it's just the fact that I, I hate the price on them as, sure, as it is, you know, sure. like either way. But uh, a lot of the time it kind of goes hand in hand w- with that. And so I'm actually, yeah, I mean, my I think my sh- the shortest on my card, I think it's 25 to one, something like that. So I, I don't have any of the I don't have any of the uh, any of the favorites here. Similar to me, mm. and and look, one of the ways I kind of did this, aside from the s- usual stat stuff I do, is mm. who's going to be comfortable playing with each mm. other. You've got some guys that have paired off in the past, whether it's President's Cup, like take mm-hmm. Usazen and Schwartzel, for example, or Rosen Stenson, who are 6-2 and two in the Ryder Cup in their career as a team. Or you have college guys. Brendan Todd and Chris Kirk played together at Georgia. Mm. Uh, Hovland and Ventura at Oklahoma State. Did you kind of look at that a little bit guys that you would think might have been teammates in the past and might just have a comfort with each other regardless of how their recent form is so I'll tell you the one team that I really did kind of take this into into account and it was mainly because of not only how how much they play together and talk about how good of friends they are but also their success in this tournament is the team of Kisner and Brown because those guys play together all the time they talk about how good friends they are they have success at this tournament in this format now I don't know how high their win equity is is necessarily, but they're a team that I certainly targeted in, in any head-to-heads that I could find, any kind of groupings, any kind of anything like that where I could find them because I think a, a steady Eddie team that also might strategize in something like this when you got mm-hmm. a buddy you know, it's much easier to kind of talk strategy and, and do with that than it is, I think, with a complete stranger. And yeah. fifth, fifteenth, and second, by the way, the three appearances here mm-hmm. for Kisner and Brown. Not too shabby, indeed. Yeah, Kisner uh, seems to do very well in this type of thing, and I agree with you. Some strategy there between the buddies, and, and you just alluded to it a little bit there, Matt. But I want to ask you: We've kind of talked about how this hand, how this tournament is difficult to handicap. Will you play all of the same markets? You know, obviously mm-hmm. the outrights, but also 
so head-to-head matchups, two-on-two, will you go to top 10s, top 20s, any derivatives? Are you, are you going all over the board like you would normally do with a normal tournament? Yeah, um, probably fewer. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about the, the plays a little bit later. I mean, fewer outrights, I think, for me this week than in a typical tournament. I mean, look, we're we're also not quite getting the prices we would normally get either. I mean, there's 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 80 teams, so obviously it's it's, it's much easier to pick out of, a, out of a field of 80 than it is to pick out of a field of 130, 140, 150, whatever it might be that's, that's going to be teeing off, something like that. And so uh, not quite getting the numbers that we we normally get here. But I do like some of these teams in head-to-heads, mainly these teams that I feel like are kind of the steady eddy teams. Maybe won't go light up the scoreboard, mm-hmm. but, but teams that I think that are just kind of between the two of them, steady eddy teams that I think in a, in a head-to-head matchup I'm going to win more times than not. All right, very good. So who are those teams, Matt, that you are looking to target this week? Yeah, I mean, I've got, uh, you know, the big the the big team I'm going at here, Horschel and Burns is, like I said, I mean, it's the uh, 25, 26 to 1 actually is where I kind of got them at. And if you look at this team, I think that this format really does kind of play to the skill set of these two guys, right? I mean, if, so you look at it from the best ball standpoint, I mean, are – are both of these guys uh, are, are both of these guys susceptible to blow up holes? Absolutely, but you know, obviously, them blowing up on the same hole is a little less likely, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, and you've got a guy like Burns, ninth in the field, and birdies are better over the last thirty-six rounds. Fourteenth in strokes gained approach. He had seventeen birdies and an eagle last week. Yes. The problem was is he just has a bunch of bogeys and doubles, you know, mixed in there as well. But if you're, it doesn't really matter if you're doubling a hole and your partner's burning it. So I, I think a format like this really plays to a guy like Burns. And you've got a former winner here in Billy Horschel, of course, as his partner. Yeah, and he's won uh, on the regular version of this event mm-hmm. a while back. Billy Horschel, the only guy in the field who's done both, one as the uh, in a singular and both the team format. But let's be serious about Burns. You're on him because he's an LSU Tiger. Listen, right? I knew that this was gonna. I knew that this was gonna come up, and I, I got to be honest with you. If he had, if he had a big A for Alabama on on you know on his hat, I think I would still. I think I'd still be on him this week, especially in this format. Like I said, I mean, the, his big problem has just been he'll have those three holes around that just keep him from from continuing to climb the leaderboard. And, and you know, you kind of look back on this, and the guy's a scorer, and if he can just. If he can have a, if, if his blow up holes can just come on holes where Billy has a good hole and then they go into these alternate shots. I mean, again, he's so good with his irons. And I think if you strategize, like I said, I mean, there, there is some strategy to be had on this course. I mean, if y'all are listening to this, which you should be, these golfers out there should be listening to this. I mean, so three of the par threes are actually odd number holes. So like hole number three, nine and 17. So you could t- you could actually like kind of get it to where like if someone's a way better iron player, for example, Burns is like, again, really, really you, he could he could tee off on 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 those holes, and so three of the three of the par threes, he's the guy that's teeing off on those holes. Where conversely, four, six, and twelve are all hard, long par four. So maybe that caters a guy who's a little bit longer, a little bit more accurate, whatever it might be. If you want to make sure you keep it in the fairway to go after those type of holes. So again, I think that they're you can strategize through this thing as well a little bit and, and play to each other's strengths and play to what people do well. And, you know, I, I really do like that combo of those teams. Another one was like the Steady Eddie team I was talking about. Keegan Bradley and Brendan Steele, they're the dudes that tease me every single week. I'll have outrights on them. And at some point they'll be in the top five throughout mm-hmm. the course, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just never, and it's never going to actually get home. But in this format, again, like, 
targeting those guys, just kind of steady Eddie across the uh, across the board here. All guys are kind of in the top 20, top 30 of all the statistical categories. They're not really at the top, top of a lot of them out there. But um, guy, Keegan Bradley actually in approach, just just one of the top guys in the field actually over the last 36 rounds. And so I like that that just consistency between those guys. Again, singular singularly, I don't know how much win equity they have like in these tournaments. Again, I bet them all the time, and they've never gotten home for me. But but like it's it's combined. Maybe they can get it. Done. Just let Brendan Steele do the putting right. in the alternate <laughs> shot, right? <laughs> yeah. So I, I really like those guys. And then the longer shot, I, Matthew Neesmith and Chase Seifert is another one that, that I'm well. on. Just really good iron players, right? I mean, so like Neesmith, fourth in this, uh, fourth in this field, strokes gained approach, last 36 and last 24 rounds inside the top 30. And birdies are better. So we like these birdie guys. And then Seifert actually has been playing with a guy that most people have never heard of or don't know about all that well. But again, if you look at his short term data, um, you know, maybe not long term, but short term data, really. Really, really good form right now. All right. You mentioned uh, you're not really on any of the shorter shots. Are there any specific teams? And I understand certainly the price, mm-hmm. uh, but maybe some of those guys at the top of the board, anybody that you're fading this week that you just do not like the pairing, you think they might struggle? Yes. Uh, definitely the Morikawa Wolf team. That team is was the very first one that I scratched off the list. I will be targeting them in head-to-heads. I'll be going after them to play any team that's matched up against them. Look, Something is some something's up, Matthew Wolf. He's just hasn't been able to figure it out. He's like, got like, some kind of injury, yeah, I feel like. Yeah, like something's going on with him, then he's just not being completely honest about it. He's not he's not giving us the respect that Rory gave us. When Rory just said, Hey, I'm playing horribly and mm-hmm. I can't find my swing right now, whatever, mm-hmm. which let us know is better. Oh, awesome. Thank you for that bit of information. Let me bet against you. Uh Wolf's not doing that. I just been fading him as it was as it was anyway, just off of off his play. But where he was just a few months ago to where he is now, there's like you said, well, it has to be some sort yeah. of injury. Some sort of something yeah. like something is wrong with him. And then Morikawa kind of coming off of, and I'm not big on this whole trying to get into a golfer's mental state or anything, but you know, I, I coming off of this, playing bad in that final round. I mean, listen, not to say he would have won or that he could have actually could be, but you know, there were 66 to 65s to be had on Sunday. Morikawa, if he'd have done that, would have been kind of right there with Sink. But he just couldn't get that done. I don't know. Three weeks in a row for him as well playing. So I, I really I really don't like that team. Yeah, it could definitely be boomer bust. Mm-hmm. But uh, one month away now, PGA Championship. We're at a Pete Dye course this mm-hmm. week. We were there last week. We're going to be there in a month from now at Kiwa Island down in South Carolina. Anybody in pocket all the, already or anybody you're looking at yeah. for the PGA? I just have two in, in, in the account right now. Um, Victor Hovland and Scotty Scheffler. I have Hovland at 40 to 1. I have Scheffler at 60 to 1. And I think it's just both of these guys that I wanted to get in on a number, and I got in on it a little bit earlier. And I wanted to get in on a number just in case they happen to have played well leading into this. That I mean, for Scheffler, it is the case. I mean, he's playing about as well as as he's played recently. Hovland actually has gone the opposite direction and not playing as well as he was a couple of months ago. But I think both of these guys, with the skill sets that they have, and, and you kind of watch what they've done recently. I think they're right there. Like, they're real close. They just need everything to click. I would agree with you. I think they're both very much built for PGA mm-hmm. championships. And we saw that out of Scotty Scheffler last year mm-hmm. at uh, Harding Park. I had him at 150-1. to 1. He made it into the final pairing <laughs> with DJ. Couldn't quite get home and didn't necessarily expect him yeah. to. Uh, basically, his first time on that type of stage. But, but I think Victor Hovland and Scotty Scheffler – Scheffler, I think, maybe have an all-around game. Obviously, Mm -hmm. Hovland struggles with the short game, the scrambling, the putting, what have you. Uh, And so, for me, that's not necessarily an Augusta National mold. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the PGA, I think, could be perfect for both of those guys. Yeah, and and the the putt with putting, you know, 
fluctuates so much for me that I'll take a guy's raw skill like Vic and hope that he can just run hot for four rounds oh, yeah. putting the ball. Exactly. You know, you know and, and I always kind of like look at that. But I definitely, I mean, it's to let him down a ton over the last couple of months. Well, thank you so much, Mr. Brown. Good luck and enjoy, enjoy the Zurich Classic this week. And uh, we'll catch you on primetime action coming up here pretty soon. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Glad to be here. All right. Our New Orleans expert, the Louisiana Tiger, Matt Brown. We'll be back with Across the Pond. We'll see if we can dig up another winner from Wes Reynolds on the European Tour right here on Long Shots. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, Somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Welcome back to Long Shots. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you on VSIN and VSIN.com, the sports betting network. Time for the Across the Pond segment. And Wes, this was a very profitable segment last week. You landed on John Catlin at the Austrian Open. Now take us through this week's event in the European Tour in Spain in Gran Canaria. It is the Lopasan Open. Yeah, this is a one, pretty much a one off event that they're going to have. Uh, the track that they're playing on. Melanaris is basically a track designed for tourists to the Canary Islands. So this is not a very long course. It's just a little bit over 6,500 yards, usually a par 71. Going to play at a par 70 this this time. And it was tough to get this when this event had to be organized in such a short order. So it's going to be a short course. If you look on the inward nine, you've got the Canarian Mountains in the backdrop. Uh, on the inward nine, then on the outward nine with the Atlantic Ocean flanking several holes. So should be kind of a fun course, but I got a feeling scoring is going to be relatively low, 6,500 yards. 
Favorites this week, Antoine Rosner, who I was on earlier this season at the Cutter Masters. Sam Horsfield, Florida Gator, who I know you have interest in this week. But I went with the choice just slightly below those, and I usually wouldn't play a guy like this. I don't like to play usually the event host yeah. of a tournament. But I ended on Rafael Cabrera-Bello this week at 22-1. to 1. The hosting responsibilities are likely reduced due to COVID-19. So right. it's not like you're going to have a mass of spectators and you got to give a bunch of speeches and entertain the whole time. RCB actually was born in Las Palmas, right on Gran Canaria. And he was married actually about a half mile from this course. So obviously there's a lot of feel good here for him. And he needs some because 2020 was the worst season he had had in a long time. He missed 11 to 24 cuts. But he always tends to play better when he returns to Europe after he's playing all these PGA Tour events. So I think RCB maybe could go here. Kurt Kitayama maybe will go back-to-back Americans and back-to-back Californians. There you go. This week, Catlin, of course, won. Kitayama, by the way, played his golf at UNLV. He is from California. Coastal, scorable track. You look at how he's done at correlated courses, Saudi Arabia, Oman, Mauritius. Oman and Mauritius, Kitayama has actually won on in those events. Was 12th in Saudi Arabia earlier this year against a really good field headlined by DJ and Finau. A lot of big names. Was also ninth at the Qatar Masters. Paspalum Green, so similar profile, similar type course here. I think he can go low. Garrick Higo, 40-1, to 1, young South African, a lot of talent. Also played for a spell at UNLV. Fourth last week in Austria. He's got four top 20s in his last five starts. This is a course that was designed by an American named Ron Kirby, who also worked on Gary Player's course in South Africa, where Higo won that event in 2019. So correlated co- courses, I think, work here. He won at the Open to Portugal last summer, his first European Tour win off the Iberian coast, just like this one is. So think that he could go well here. Also, Jamie Donaldson, the 45-year-old Welshman, 50-1. Hey, if Stuart Sink's going to win, why not Jamie Donaldson? Why not? Right? Another old guy. Let's go down Narrative Street here. Good finishes over his career, really, in both Spain and Portugal. He's third on the European Tour in scoring average over the last six months, which you wouldn't think. But Donaldson's made a nice comeback here. And then the two bombs I'll include. Alejandro Canizares, 100-1. He is a Spaniard. Was seventh last week in Austria. Actually, was in the final pairing of that Austrian Open with Martin Keimer and just kind of fell off a little bit toward the end. Usually a very good putter, but it was really his ball striking that carried him last week. He was six in total driving, also six in ball striking. And then the longest odd guy, Xander Lombard, 250 to one, nowhere to go but up. He Europe's version it. of uh, Shoffley. Yes. He made uh, his first cut, actually, of the season last week. Had a 66 on Sunday at Austria. Actually probably would have contended had he not shot 77 on Saturday at a nine on the par four ninth hole, and that'll end your tournament really quickly. Uh, it's been good on coastal tracks over the years. A couple top tens at the Irish Open, which is usually played off coastal courses. Runner-up in Sicily. It's a little bit of a reach, but that's what you're going to get at 250 to 1 in one of these events. Yeah, you know, I had my eye on Sam Horsfield. This guy got off to such a hot start early in his European Tour career after coming over from the University of Florida. Going back home, I guess. Uh, he's uh, an Englishman, correct? Yes. Uh, and, you know, he won twice uh, in a short period of time. And I just think it's going to be not long again <laughs> before we see him win again. And I'd love to see him come over to the PGA. Tour. He has three starts in 2021. He has an eighth, a third and a 15th. 
Wow. So only three starts. Didn't start till March. Won a couple events on the European Tour. A lot of people I respect do like Sam Horsfield at about 18, 20 to 1 in that range this week. I think he's one of the very best players on the European Tour. Yeah, very young. A lot of big upside for the Florida Gator. All right, we come back, and it's major implications. We're talking about the PGA Championship. We'll play Would You Rather when we return right here on Long Shots. next major championship of the golf season is 30 days away. They'll tee it up for the PGA Championship at the Ocean Course in Kiowa Island, South Carolina on Thursday, May 20th, 2021. And that means it's time to play Would You Rather. Who would you rather have a ticket on in pocket to win the PGA Championship? And we'll go to matchup number one here. These are two players who would you rather have at about similar odds between the two. We'll start with Xander Shoffley at 16 to 1 or Rory McElroy at 18 to 1. McElroy, a former winner on this course. Yeah, and that's what makes it kind of a tough one. And he's been very good on Pete Dyes really over the years. But if you're asking me in this moment who I would rather have, it would be Xander Shoffley because I need to see something out of Rory McElroy. I know he's working with his new coach, Pete Cowan. And, you know, you could see at Augusta National, he was absolutely searching for something. But he, he's not in the field this week, but he's got probably an event or two to work it out. I don't know if he's going to play the Valspar yet in, in Tampa in early May. He's certainly, you would think, going to play the Wells Fargo. Yeah, that's the Rory invitation. Yeah, Quail Hollow where he's won before and probably take the Byron Nelson the week before the PGA off. I need to see something out of that. Xander Schauffele, look, another near miss again, even though Matsuyama, you felt like had it under control, but he left the door open a little bit, and Xander, you thought, maybe had a shot to crawl through it and then hit it in the water on 16, and all of a sudden his chances were sunk. But just look, I think it's uh, five straight years he's got a top-five finisher better in a major and has multiple, I believe, in, in two of those seasons. So already a T3 at Augusta. You know he keeps knocking on the door, and eventually you're going to get a shot here. So I'd say Xander. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm correct on this, but I believe his worst major of the four happens to be the PGA. You mentioned all those high finishes. I think the PGA is where he has the least amount. Tied of for 10th is his best finish at the PGA, which he had last summer at Harding Park. Okay, very good. Uh, but I'm with you. I would be on Xander as well. And, and I'll tell you right now, uh, if I if you if you made me bet, make all my bets for the PGA right now, neither of these guys would be on my card. But of the two, I would take Xander Shoffley. Matchup number two. Justin Rose at 50 to 1 comes off a very successful effort at Augusta National for the Masters, or his countryman Terrell Hatton also at 50 to 1. Yeah, I want to see if Justin Rose, if this was kind of just an outlier at Augusta National where he played well and actually putted terrifically. So I want to see if that's an outlier. Terrell Hatton right now is the better player mm -hmm. than Justin Rose, even though his form has cooled off a little bit. So 
I would have to go with Hatton. I just think that he's been more consistent. And Rose, maybe this week at the Zurich Classic, where he has won this event before, maybe this is a week to show, okay, it wasn't just an aberration. We know he's back with Sean Foley, who he's had most of his career success with. So that, I think, is at least a good thing. But I'd say Hatton. Yeah, I would be on Hatton and probably, again, won't bet either of these guys. But I think for Justin Rose, I, I don't know if Augusta was an aberration or an outlier, but I think a lot of it had to do with kind of the fact, you know, we saw Mickelson play pretty well. We saw Tiger Woods win in 2019. There are guys that know that golf course mm-hmm. so well, and Justin Rose is one of them. I think that led a lot to his success there uh, a couple weeks ago at Augusta National, but I don't think that is going to necessarily translate over to the PGA Championship. So I will be on Hatton there in that matchup as well. Matchup number three, Adam Scott, a couple of Aussies here. Adam Scott at 80 to 1, or former PGA champion Jason Day, also at 80 to 1. Boy, these were two guys that a lot of people uh, like to bet at the Masters at big prices, and they did not get there at all, especially Jason Day missing the cut. But Both these guys are pretty good history on Pete Dye courses. Uh, Jason Day, of course, won the PGA at Whistling Straits. Back in 2015, Adam Scott has won the Players' Championship. So both these guys have proven experience here. I wonder, uh, you know, you always wonder a little bit more about Jason Day's health. Adam Scott is very selective with his events in terms of what he is playing right now. Now that he's on the north side of 40, he wants to be selective and play mostly majors and mostly when he made that comment about the 10 events that matter and that he was going to focus on those. Jason Day, I think, is a little bit better of a player on Pete Dye. He's been one of the aces over the years on this tour, but would lean a little bit more with Adam Scott in this spot. And Adam Scott is also getting Valspar, Quail Hollow, a couple good courses coming up for him, so he may be rounding into form. Yeah, I kind of see what you're saying there. You know, Adam Scott, I think, has been in a little bit better form than Day, and I might feel more comfortable with a a, uh, ticket in pocket on Adam Scott right now. But I think Jason Day may be the better player suited for this championship. And and you mentioned the Pete Dye correlation and whatnot. I think I would have to take Day here, and that's quite a price, 80 to 1 on both of these guys, really. Uh, I would lean a little bit with Jason Day in that particular matchup. The final matchup, the uh, Pete Dye specialist, Mr. Siwoo Kim, down to 100 to 1 now on the odds board. And then Mark Leishman, another Aussie, also at 100 to 1. You know, Mark Leishman's form has really been hit or miss. He kind of found he had nothing last November and then he played very well at the Masters and then at the Sony. He was in contention, just kind of ran out of holes, ended up fourth. Siwoo is obviously won already this year at the American Express, a Pete Dye design, PGA uh, or National. They play a Pete Dye course the first two days out there. So this actually is a little bit of a tough one because Siwoo, two of his three wins are on Pete Dye's, the Amex, also the Players' Championship back in 2017. So I always think that he's kind of an ace on these type of courses because he is a boomer bust player. Leishman showed some good form, though, at the Masters. Mm-hmm. I really thought. Yeah, I was absolutely. very surprised. He and finished he's another five. horse for that course, yes, too. Yes, yes. So small uh, leash actually i'm gonna go with leashman i'm gonna go against that pete die thing because leashman is very good on coastal courses i was just gonna say the same thing and, and i'm with you there you know obviously siwoo has the big pete die connection 
Um, but I don't see him as a PGA Championship type player. I think he is more of a Wyndham, uh, more of an American Express, mm-hmm. kind of a smaller track. Kiowa is a big, wide open yes. place, and Leishman has had success on that type of place at St. Andrews. Got into a playoff there with Zach Johnson a few years back when Johnson ended up winning the British Open. Uh, you mentioned the coastal thing for Leishman. He's won at Torrey Pines, has had success at the Sony. And we saw the form at the Masters. Is that his form coming back? around because boy he had an awful year last year too Uh, I think the form is coming back around for Mark Leishman Uh, I would definitely be on him in this match better wind player as well they're a great wind player and that's another great point and maybe that leads to why he has success at coastal courses where you usually get an ocean breeze Siwoo Kim his numbers plummeted too you used to be able to get him in the neighborhood of 150 to 1 certainly don't want him at 100 at this point that is going to do it for the round of would you rather We'll come back and have some more matchups next week as we get closer, ever closer to the PGA Championship coming up at the Ocean Course at Kiowa. Next up, it's time for our plays for the Zurich Classic. We'll go over Matt Eumanns, Wes Reynolds, and myself, our plays for the week of the two-teamer coming up in New Orleans when we return on Long Shots. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.
Welcome back to Long Shots. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you previewing the Zurich Classic on the PGA Tour as they head to New Orleans this week at TPC Louisiana in Avondale. This is a team format event. We alluded to it earlier in the program as far as the different formats that they will play. On Thursday and Saturday, they will play better ball or best ball. This is the lower ball of the two. They each play an individual golf ball. Whoever scores lower on the hole, that is your team score. And then on Friday and Sunday, they play alternate shots. So a very interesting little nuance here in the PGA Tour schedule that Wes and I, I know you and I both enjoy kind of a, a different spin on things after the week-to-week grind of normal stroke play events. But uh, I was going to get to Matt Eumanns' plays, but I forgot he did not send any plays this week. And his quote was, I hate this tournament. <laughs> <laughs> Matt always uh, – uh, sugarcoats it in terms of, <laughs> of how he feels about various things in, in life and in sports betting. But look, this tournament is a little bit hard to handicap and, and you are taking stabs here. Of course, we do this program, so that's what we're going to do. And that the fact that we bet golf every week. So I like that it breaks the monotony. I know the European tour, I think, has been a little more progressive in terms of doing different events where I think a couple years ago they did that shot clock masters in Belgium where they put a shot clock on every single shot. Speed golf. Yes, exactly. And then you have different little teams or you have like, okay, we take the first two rounds and then we do, it was the Belgian knockout. We took the low scores for the first two rounds, made a cut, and then we put you in a bracket format and have you knock each other out and play like six holes and the best score moves on. And that's what they did. So I like these unique formats. I think it breaks the monotony for some guys. Yeah, I I enjoy it. And our guest, Matt Brown, earlier on the program, and, and you talked about it too, as far as the handicap, do you look for camaraderie and guys that are buddies or went to college together? I think that's part of the fun of the Ryder Cup and the President's Mm -hmm. Cup is seeing the camaraderie and seeing these guys yuck it up a little bit and have a good time and strategize because otherwise we don't get to see that. It's one-on-one, right? right? Or one versus the entire field. So, yeah, you know, tough handicap, but certainly an enjoyable watch. Let's go ahead and get to your plays first, Wes. Okay, we'll start off 29-1, Danny Willett and Terrell Hatton, the two Englishmen. Oh, you went with them, huh? I did. Longtime friends. Uh, Could be, I think, better in the foursomes, maybe necessarily than in the four ball where it's just make a bunch of birdies. Hatton has struck. He's kind of cooled off a little bit. But if you look over the last 24 rounds, seventh in the field for strokes gain ball striking, 12th on approach. Meanwhile, Willett has been a little bit better putting, 13th in strokes gain putting. So could be Terrell Hatton get you to the green and Danny Willett get it in the hole and could I think they don't have a lot of Ryder Cup experience together, but they've played together an awful lot over the years. So 29 to 1 for Willett and Hatton, Max Homa and Taylor Gooch. I did a little bit of profiling where I looked at the approach for both the players and I kind of took a little aggregate of where they rank based on and I and I really use like the last 24 rounds. Sometimes you can use last 36 rounds if you want to extend it back even further. The number one team in the field on aggregate, when you combine their rankings on strokes gained approach in this field was Max Homa and Taylor Gooch. Just ahead of Morikawa and Wolf. We know Morikawa is number one in the world sure. in approach right now. So Homa and Gooch, I thought, made a lot of sense. Not a lot of history in this event. And then I also looked at their putting. 
Homa 16th in strokes gain putting in this week's field. Gooch 36. They were third when I combined their totals in terms of strokes gain putting. So thought Homa and Gooch made sense. And then and I co-sign on that one with you. Yes. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. That just really stood out to me. Uh, I did go ahead, and this could be a, a very dumb decision, but. I went with Justin Rose and Henrik Stenson at 40-1. to I don't know if the Masters was an aberration really for both guys because obviously Rose was the first-round 36-hole leader, finished seventh after that. Stenson made the cut, and he's always been terrible at the Masters. That's by far his worst I mean, that's all you have to say. It was an aberration. Henrik Stenson made the cut. (laughs) Exactly, and it was the first time he made the cut here in 2021. But these guys obviously are longtime friends. They used to be neighbors in Lake Nona, which is a community down in Orlando, Poulter. Medal winners at the Olympics. Yeah, all those guys. Yeah, uh, Rose was the gold, and I think Stenson was the silver? Yes, yep. Okay, Kuchar was the bronze. That's right. These two have teamed in the Ryder Cup. They're 6-2 and as a team all-time. Rose is back in this event. He's actually a brand ambassador for Zurich, the title sponsor, which is an insurance company based out of Zurich, Switzerland. He's won on this course before back in 2015 in the individual format, so thought they made sense. Cam Trangali, Roberto Castro, 51-1, teammates at Georgia Tech. I liked at that one. They were fifth in 2019 here. Tringali has really been playing well of late. He's really two well. Top Maybe the best over, of his career. Yeah, two top tens over his last six starts. Top ten in this week's field when you look at all the strokes gained. Total, tee to green, ball striking, off the tee over the last 24 rounds. Roberto Castro hasn't been playing a lot of events because I don't believe he has full PGA Tour status. He can get in some events, but not all of them. So he's been playing a little bit more sporadic. But he's made his last couple cuts. I think he was 18th about four weeks ago. So these guys, I think, will get along. And that's one of the things I look at with team chemistry is, okay, you got one guy that's a little bit out of form, another guy playing very well. But all of a sudden, maybe the guy not playing very well gets inspired by his partner. So Tringali and Castro, Matt Neesmith and Chase Seifert, who uh, Matt Brown mentioned earlier, both players making cuts, striking the ball well lately. When I did that aggregate, I was talking about Homa and Gooch. The team that rated combined third for strokes gain approach was Neesmith and, and Seifert. So we'll see. The greens and regulation and the approach are always very good with those guys, especially Neesmith. And then the long bomb this week, just kind of taking a narrative, 150 to 1. Team Boilermaker, Tyler Duncan and Adam <laughs> Shank. Neither player in good form, but maybe this is kind of the spot. It's like, okay, my guy from Purdue, we're going to turn this around and turn our seasons around. Or like Matt Brown said, they relived their college years and they hit Bourbon Street. Right. And Bourbon Street, by the way, is I think like a, what, a 15 minute drive yeah. away from this course. So 150 to one. They actually teamed up here back in 2018 and finished seventh. Duncan has that one win on the PGA Tour. Adam Shank still searching for his first. All right. Very good. And, you know, that is kind of the nature of this tournament. You, you do have to take some stabs. Uh, I, I think, you know, even the favorites really aren't necessarily the favorites, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think a winner can come from anywhere. Obviously, they are priced accordingly as far as favorites. But uh, I, I think you do have to kind of search uh, for some guys. I think Matt brings up a good point, too. You know, that steady Eddie guys that are just not going to make a whole lot of mistakes. You do have to look for guys that um, are going to make a whole lot of birdies. 
threes because that is going to separate teams from the field this week. Uh, my shortest shot, and, and I think this is a pretty sexy-looking team, and that is Bubba Watson and Scotty Scheffler. Uh, Bubba Watson really is a Pete Dye specialist. He's won at this course before this tournament uh, when it was just a singular stroke play event, not a team event. He's also won at TPC River Highlands, another design by Pete Dye. Both of these guys are great drivers of the golf ball. And Matt kind of talked about this too. When I looked at my approach, I kind of like complementary players. Both of these guys are great off the tee, but then you've got Bubba, who's really good on approach, and Scheffler, who's really good at scrambling, and then they both make a lot of birdies. And, and Matt also mentioned the most important part of this tournament, really, where it's won or lost, is the alternate shot. Mm -hmm. So I think if you have guys that complement one another's skill sets, you can really ham and egg your way around this thing, and I think that might lead to success. Any, any, who knows if that's going to happen, but uh, that was kind of my handicap coming in. So I like how both of these guys uh, do a couple of things well that maybe the other guy doesn't, but they're both really good off the tee, and they both make a lot of birdies. And then I'm on Homa and Gooch with you. Another thing that you didn't mention, Taylor Gooch and Max Homa were paired together in the final round at Riviera when Max Homa went on that's to right. win. And Homa commented, he said, I I was so happy to have my friend by my side. It was very comforting and it didn't, you know, it calmed him down and whatnot. So let's hope more of that is to happen here at the Zurich Classic. And like you mentioned, the stats, I talk about complimentary. These two guys are really just good in everything. Uh, kind of like Xander Shoffley and John Rahm and, and Ryan Palmer and Patrick Cantley. Uh, this team here, Homa and Gooch, really kind of good at everything across the board. Uh, also took a shot with Joel Damon and Lanto Griffin. Griffin. Uh, this one is also very complimentary. Joel Damon is very accurate off the tee. Lonto Griffin is very long off the tee. One is good on approach, one good on scrambling. They both make a lot of birdies. So I think this team is very complimentary. Uh, I saw this team as low as 40 to 1, and I also found it as high as 65 to 1 at Circa. That price is a real outlier in the market. So I absolutely jumped on that. And then uh, Jason Kokrak and Pat Perez, Team BetMGM, Wes, both sponsored by our friends at BetMGM, Jason Kokrak and Pat Perez. Uh, one great long game in Jason. And uh, Kokrak, great off the tee, great on approach. And then conversely, Pat Perez, really good with the short game, good with the flat stick, and good with the scrambling around the greens. As far as the correlated courses, too, uh, I looked at Bay Hill, Torrey Pines, a, a coastal deal there. Uh, Pat Perez, you know, has played Torrey Pines a thousand times. He went to high school in that area from San Diego. And Jason uh, Kokrak comes off of a top 10 finish at Bay Hill. So maybe some correlated courses there coming into play with that two ball as well got them at 50 to one and then finally like you took your long bomb with a couple of guys from Purdue I just kind of had a gut feeling about Martin Laird and Nick Taylor uh, Martin Laird is a very good driver of the golf ball has had a lot of success at Torrey Pines comes off of a pretty decent showing at Augusta National Nick Taylor is one of those guys that just kind of always seems to find his way onto a leaderboard uh, he is uh, also again a situation here where Taylor's very accurate off the tee and Martin Laird is very long off the tee. They were ninth here last year as a duo, so something to be said for that. The 
camaraderie, if you will, and experience. Laird, I think, was seventh the year before. I think it was with Russell Knox, if I recall. Well, yeah, maybe that uh, theory I'm looking at is working where you have the complementary skill sets. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, the ninth place finish last year for Martin Laird and Nick Taylor. We'll see if it works, but uh, it's going to be fun. I-, I wouldn't get too uh, invested in this tournament because it is a little bit of a crapshoot, but uh, like Matt and Wes and I all agree on, uh, it is a fun one to watch. Not so much for our colleague Matt Humans, anyway. Next up, next week, we will head back to Florida for the Valspar Championship and Rex Hoggard of the Golf Channel will join us to break it down. Cash some tickets. Thank you for tuning in to Long Shots and VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bed 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.